0: uh, the opportunity we have today, over the next couple of weeks, uh, there are a couple of messages that God's put on my heart, and then in March, we're going to do. We're gonna begin a six-week series on the book of Galatians, and so that's going to take us to Easter Sunday, which is April the 27th, and I can't believe it's almost Easter Sunday again already, but uh, God has taken us somewhere, and I'm excited about what He's going to speak to us, but today, uh, man, we have the one and the only Mr. Jerry Roberts in the house today, and he's no... He's no stranger to uh, to our church. This is the third time he's been here now. And, uh, man, I just love what God speaks through you every time that you are here. And uh, I've already heard this message once. And, listen, you need to lean in to what God wants to do today because take notes. Come on, if you're not a note taker, come on, find somebody right on the back of somebody's shirt this morning. I don't, you know, just figure out some way to take notes. It's going to be so good. Uh, but this is, a, this is a, a man of God here that... Um, Man, I've seen on social media and the things that God is doing in your life and how he is using you because of your faithfulness to follow him and be obedient to him. So come on, will we? can we put our hands together and can we welcome to the stage the one and the only Jerry Robert?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Impact, Impact Church. Man, it's a beautiful to see what God is doing here at Impact it's <clears throat> from the last time we was, uh, we was with you guys, we was at the Heritage Hall, and to see what God is doing right now, you know, when I come here, I see transformed, I was like, praise God, and then the praise and worship is just amazing in this place, so I love seeing what God is doing here at Impact Church through you guys, and through your, your staff, and through your pastor, thank you so much. Um, like I said, the last time I was here, um, anybody this is the first time ever hearing me? Okay, well, Good, good, okay, great, great. Well, the last time, since the last time I was here, God has been doing wonderful things in our life. Um, I was just on the 700 Club. If anybody's familiar with the 700 Club, they came all the way to my house, and they filmed my testimony. You can view that if you go to allforyourglory.com. That is allforyourglory.com. You'll see my web page, and you'll be able to see what the living god is doing here right here in paris texas i'm an elder at calvary chapel paris i lead the prison ministry group over there we love uh, every weekend we go to prisons we go down to the death row of women's in gatesville we go over to palestine we go here to bonham we go to winsborough just wherever the living god allows us to go because jesus christ said in matthew 25 36 when i was in prison you came and visit me he has a heart for those that's in prison also too right and just some of us should have been there we just didn't get caught you know what i mean so, just because somebody is there don't mean that, you know I mean, we look down on them, beat them down, because you can confess and repent of your sins, and those can still be your brothers and sisters in there. Amen? Amen. So, I just thank God for the heart of ministry that he has given us and everything that he is doing. But with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into God's Word today. Right? We're going to, uh, you know, uh, tomorrow is, is Valentine's Day, the day of love, as some may say. We're going to look at something now and I see why God wanted this message here to come forth. If you have your Bible, go with turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, known as the love chapter. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I pray that after today you don't look at this chapter the same, that God give you a revelation that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened and that it becomes a daily walk with you. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read um, through verse 8. And it speaks Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, But have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, and does not provoke. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there is tongues, they will cease. And whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. I want to speak to you from a title which is more of a question. Do you love me? Do you love me? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. We thank you for this time, for such a time as this. God, we ask you right now as we cry to you, Father Him, do great and mighty things that we know not. Beginning in our hearts, fighting in heaven, that it may dis- be displayed in our homes, on our churches, in our churches, and on our jobs, great God, and wherever we go. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this service, great King. Lord, we come against every work of distraction in the name of Jesus Christ and anything that will hinder us from growing in the grace and knowledge of you. Here I am, Father in heaven, fill me with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let this preaching and teaching be a demonstration of you, Holy Spirit, and your power, living God. Father, we thank you. Feed the church you have purchased with your blood and make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you love me? Not, Not only do I want you to ask that question to, 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 your, to your spouse or to someone that you may have a friend with, uh, could, do, do you love me? But after we finish this lesson today, I pray that, you know, that your, your relationship that you have with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that you can be able to honestly say, God, I love you. Yeah. Not, not with just your lips, you know what I mean? There's a lot of lip service that take place. That's why Jesus said, these are they that honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I want you to be able, when you leave this service today, your spouse, your wife can look at at you in your face, look in your eyes and say, you love me. Your husband can look at you wise and say, you love me. Not just by, you know what I mean, just by how how you feel, but can honestly say that you love me. Because everyone wants to be loved. You know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is the day of love. It's Valentine's Day. Matter of fact, the U.S. Greeting Card Association, they estimated approximately that 190 million, listen to that, 190 million cards will be sent out all over the world tomorrow. Worldwide, that is one billion cards that is going to be sent out to someone to let someone know, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Which is second from Christmas. On Christmas, there's an average of 2.6 billion cards are sent out. But tomorrow. Cars will be sent out. Places, uh, people will place cars in people's vehicles and and, and, and on pillows and and flowers will arrive at jobs with chocolate and balloons. Hint, hint, man. (laughs) Tomorrow will be the day that someone will actually feel loved. But that shouldn't be so. It shouldn't be tomorrow that the day that your spouse feel that you love them. It shouldn't be tomorrow the day that your children or a friend feel that you really love them all because of the gift that they receive. Tomorrow should not be just the day that someone express your attention, your undivided attention, and feel that you love them. Tomorrow, someone is going to fall in love. But instead of that person fall in love tomorrow, how about we make it today? Let today be the day that your spouse feel loved. Let today be the day that your children feel loved, that your friends feel loved. Matter of fact, there was a study that showed that the word I love you would be said more in one day than a marriage of 10 years. Wow, right? You mean sometimes tomorrow children who's waiting to hear daddy say, I love you, good job, son. Or I love you, daughter, I'm proud of you. Or, or, or your your wife waiting to just hear you say, I love you, and I'm blessed to be with you. Or husband, you you waiting to, you you might hear only tomorrow, I love you, and, and you're a good leader of our home. Why wait until tomorrow what you can do today? But tomorrow, many are going to experience or express More than just one type of love that we know in the natural realm, but we're going to look at a spiritual realm, love. Tomorrow, you're going to see eros love, which is erotic and passionate love, and I'm sure that's going to be shown tomorrow. You're going to see filet love, the love of friends. You know, when your friend uh, gets a card or when you look on someone's Facebook page and you tell them, Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Or you hit the little emoji with hearts bursting everywhere. Store gay love, which is the love that children have for their parents. Every child wants to be loved. Every child seeks their attention. That's why I love going to my son games because when he's out there on the court and when he's, every time he even shoots or try to cross over and go between his legs, he's looking over his shoulder to see your daddy's watching, right? <laughs> but all he's wanting is just to be loved. And instead of tomorrow, what about agape love? Agape love is what we're going to look at today. That's that love for mankind. That is this unconditional love. It's this type of love that we're going to be looking at and what this passage of Scripture is speaking about, the unconditional agape love, meaning that even if I make you mad, you're still going to be there. Even if I upset you, you're still going to be there. See, this type of love here is when someone mistreats you, you don't mistreat them back. Because, see, God said this so in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, it says this. It said, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So, see, God said this also in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? Amen. This is one of his commandments. So, if I show I, that I love God, when you mistreat me, I'm not going to do no tit for tat. You know, just because you upset me and you go spend money out of the bank account, I'm not going to go spend money out of the bank account. Yeah. Just because you was rude to me, I'm not going to be rude to you. Or just because you disrespected me, I'm not going to be disrespected you. Why? Because I love God. Yeah. And, my, and my actions speak louder than my words because agape love is an action word. Yeah. Yeah. And God said if I love him, I obey him. And one way I can obey him is not doing evil for evil. Yeah. And so therefore... This is a good note for you, husband. Well, how many married couples I have my Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so in a, in a relationship, when, when your spouse mistreats you, instead of you mistreating them back and both of you walking in disobedience, and I'm going to tell you why, you don't got to nag. You don't got to get on Facebook. You don't got to do none of that. You don't got to stop cooking. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 tells a wife that she can win a husband over as he observe her chaste behavior. As she follows the word of God, because the word of God is quick and powerful, Hebrews 4.12. The word of God sanctifies John 17.17. 17. What it will do, it will begin a work in him as he see it. So as he see you not returning evil for evil, he's seeing God's love being manifested to him through you. And when he sees that God's love is manifested through him, through you to him, then he'll start loving the one that you love. And when he starts loving the one who first loved him, it takes to see how good his love is. And you both are walking in obedience to God because both of you now showing that you love him. And when both of you are showing that you love him, you won't be in that mess in the first place. But it all started with just one person obeying him. Showing that they truly love him, and that's by walking in obedience to him. Love is unconditional. Agape love is unconditional. And Jesus want to know, do you love him? So here in this passage of scripture that we're going to read, we're going to look at this word, this agape love. We're going to see it broke down. We're going to see how we need to apply it to our everyday lives and our relationships. Verse 1 says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I can speak all kind of beautiful words to you. I can tell you how beautiful your eyelashes and your lipstick is, <laughs> how nice you put on that Mary Kay makeup today. <laughs> I can tell you how good you smell and how handsome you look. I can, I can encourage you and make you feel like you're on cloud nine. I can flatter you with, 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 with words, but if it's not accompanied with actions, If my actions doesn't show, I can say all I want to. If my actions still does not follow, I have become a sounding brass and a clinging cymbal. Husbands, you can tell your wives how much you love her every single day. You can tell her a hundred times tomorrow if you want to. But when she angers you, and then you curse her, and you call her names, and you beat her down, you speak about her weight, you speak about her appearance, you physically or verbally abuse her, you have become a sounding brass and a clinging symbol. Wives, when you respond aggressively, when you huff and puff, when you roll your eyes... When you do things behind your husband's back, when you put the children first, when you don't trust his judgment and you respect him, you can tell him you love him all you want to. But you also have become a sounding brass and a clinging symbol. So the question is, do you love him? Verse 2 says this, it said, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have lot not love, I am nothing. And I really want to key in on this one because I don't ever want to be considered as nothing. Prophecy and the spiritual understanding and knowledge and faith of moving mountains, those are all spiritual and religious acts. So what are you telling me, God? God said, yeah, in other words, you know, you can go to church every Sunday. You can be a, 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 a pew warmer. You can be at every Bible study. You can, go to, you can lead a Bible study. You can tithe all you want to. You can quote all the scriptures that you want. But if the love of God is not seen and expressed through you, if the love of God is not experienced through you, you can say you got it, but I can ask your spouse and see what she say. Yeah. Let's see, because that's one person that can tell you if the love of God is really in you. Let me ask your children, you know, whenever their children are at home and when they hear about you and mama in a disagreement, let me see if the love of God is really shown or manifested in you then. So in other words, he said, you can do all these religious acts that you want to, but if the love of God is not there, he said you've become nothing. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 says us this. It said, by this we we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? In other words, he said, if you know someone has a need, because we're blessed to be a blessing. Have you ever seen like on on news, you know, when there was a flood somewhere and then you have a row of people, a line of people, all volunteers come in and and they're passing these sandbags to one another? Trying to stop the water and prevent the water from destroying the neighborhood or the flood from coming in. See, that, that's how money should be with you. See, we're supposed to be conduits that the living God can flow through. Yes, you take care of your responsibilities, but you're supposed to be a conduit that God can bless you through to be a blessing to others. I, I, I remember this this guy I used to listen to. Okay? I, I wasn't always saved. Okay, I'm let you know. You're looking at somebody that God delivered from cocaine, methamphetamines, alcohol, drug addiction. Don't tell me God can't deliver because you're looking at a living testimony today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell me you can't stop smoking cigarettes. You're looking at a living testimony today. Yeah. Don't tell me that you can't come out of prison and then have a life that's a abundantly. above all you can think. As you're looking at a testimony today, yeah, yeah. God can do it in the name of Jesus. Amen? <laughs> but we're blessed to be a blessing. So I used to listen to this man. His name is Camille. you know the color change. You click back then, all right? <laughs> and he had this song, right? He said, in the course of this song, he said, if you haven't figured it out yet, he said, my money is my honey. And my honey is my money. With God, we entrust. Had it on her tummy. He said, people be trying, but they can never get her from me. He said, be careful because she's a deceiver. Her last name is Franklin, and her cousin is Visa." See, money got a stronghold on a man who got a stronghold on money, and you're supposed to be this conduit. 2 Corinthians 9-11 said, while you are enriched in everything and all, liberty, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, that means that God want to bless you to help that brother or sister that's in need. That way then when you leave, they hit their knees and they saying, thank you, God, in the name of Jesus. Now I don't have to sit in the dark at night. My baby have food in the name of Jesus. I can go buy him some diapers, God. I can make it to work and get some gas. God is getting glorified all because of him being able to work through you. Yeah. So you're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. But what we must not do is allow pride to set in. Because, see, whenever God sends someone to your life to bless you, don't let old pride say, oh, no, I'm all right, when you, are, you know you're in need? See, God resists the proud. God gave him this revelation. I was night at the men's Bible study. See, he said this in the book of James, chapter 4 and verse 6. It says that he said that he gives more grace. You hear that? I believe James was letting us in on a revelation. He said that God's give more grace. He said he resists the proud but give grace to the humble. He said this, I give more grace. You mean God gives me more grace. Than what I experienced like Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 9 said about grace. I was say that grace that, that forgave me of my sins past, present, and future. And all of a sudden I experienced this peace that surpasses all understanding. And I experienced your presence and the love and tears were and I can't explain. You mean you, you got more for me than that? He said, yeah, I, I, you can experience more grace. I mean, you, remember, you mean you got more grace for me than the grace I experienced whenever I did things I did not get caught for. You mean you' got more grace for me than that? "Yes, he said, and I'll show you how. He said, "Just humble yourself. Man, that should be a key thing you use in marriage. This is why I love and my wife. She can tell you, she's here, that's my pretty, I love my wife. Shes my oh, thank God for she's my spirit mate in Jesus name, all right. But see, I love every opportunity to get more grace, okay? Because see, if we ever have a disagreement, I like to be the first one and apologize. <laughs> So I go to him, like, hey, babe, I'm sorry, forgive me, because, you know, I'm looking for more grace, you know, <laughs> from God, that is. Because I'm humbling myself, and God said, if you humble yourself, he said he gives more grace. So don't be too prideful if God sends someone into your life to bless you. Humble yourself, because God gives grace to the humble. Verse 3 says this, he said, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. In other words, you can serve in ministry. You can go on all the little missionary trips that you want to go on. You can do all that you want to do. But if you don't have the love of God being displayed and lived through you, it will profit you nothing. See, so many of us, we get in just to the the habit of doing things. We, We serve to make our parents proud of us. We serve so we can look good to our ex who's bashed our character because of that old man we used to be. We serve so our parole or probation officer will look at us in a different way and maybe let us off early. Instead of serving to the living God who sees everything, we get so focused on what man sees. Instead of the living God who sees everything. Proverbs 15.3 said the eyes of the Lord is everywhere and every place beholding the evil and the good. So then we think that just because you went in that dark room or behind them closed doors or just because it was at night time because mom and daddy didn't see it, children. Don't forget the number one person the number one being that is watching you. The living God (laughs) who eyes sees everything. Jesus Jesus said this He said in the book of Matthew 7, 21, he said, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will, does the will of my Father in heaven. Remember, doing God's will, that means obeying him. And when we obey him, that shows that we love him. And I want to speak to you husbands about something, right? Don't be like Abraham. Abraham listened to the will of his wife. And that's thing you know, you see what happened in Genesis chapter 12. Now, I ain't starting number 20. Hold on. Let me get to the men, too right? Women don't just listen to your husband. If he tell you to do something opposite of God's will, you better go to Acts chapter 5 and what happened with Ananias and Sapphira whenever she's yielded to the lie of her husband. Both of them experienced judgment. You make sure you follow the will of the living God because that's who we love and I love God more than I love anything else. And God told me I can express that love to him and show it to him by obeying him. So I'm not seeking my in-laws wills. I'm not seeking my friend's will. I'm seeking God's will. Verse 4 breaks down this agape love in action. He said this in verse 4, that love suffers long and is kind. It means patient. It suffers long means patient and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself and it is not puffed up. See, if you love someone, you're patient and you're kind with them. See, just because you are on a stronger spiritual level than somebody else don't mean you look down to them. Just because someone else may still be struggling with alcohol, hey, you used to be struggling with unforgiveness. But see, the thing is, you, w- human beings, we like to weigh sin. Oh, oh, oh I, 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 didn't, I never stole anything, but you lied. And 1 John 5:17 says all unrighteousness is sin. See, so we, we can't just look down at the person who's seeing something, did something opposite from what we did. And see, when you do that, you start to be impatient with people. See, you might have a cousin, you might have a brother or a sister. They're still addicted to methamphetamine, still addicted to cocaine and alcohol. Instead of you treating them like a disgrace. Don't forget, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us this. I love this. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 3. It said, in you, he made a lie who were, that means past tense, that means who were dead in trespass and sin, in which you once, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once, who? We all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. Don't forget where you come from. It was by God's grace and mercy where you are today. So just because someone else is still weak in the flesh, that don't mean you mistreat them and then try to be impatient with them because Jesus was patient with you. Yeah. See, love is long-suffering. Love is patient. Yeah. Love, love is patient even when it comes to your children. You know, I, I thank God I was raised by had my granddaddy there. Granddaddy taught me how to work hard. I'm going to let y'all know, okay, I'm country as a bell of hay. <laughs> okay? I rope, you know what I mean? I got cows. I break horses, you know what I mean? We got land, 75 acres. I run branks and break for cows on, with a herford bulls, you know what I mean, limousine bull. I, I, I'm very country, okay? I'm mean, letting you know, drive tracks, you name it. I hunt, I fish, I bow hunt, you name it, okay? I thank God my great brought me up cutting trees, building fence, hauling hay, because it instilled into me a strong work ethic. But see, today, we got to be careful because TikTok raising our children. Facebook raising our children. See, when I was a kid, you know what I mean, you had to make us come in the home. But now you got to make kids get outside, right? Because they just want to stay at home. They want to stay on the video games and things like that. And so I have to be patient with my son because I got to remember what he wasn't raised like I was raised. I mean, he wasn't raised in a hard time. We had to raise, we raised, you know, slopping hogs and things like that at a very tough time, so just because he might not be stronger as I am, and I'm looking at him, I can't compare him to how I was raised before. So I got to be patient with him where he is right now. My wife tells me that all the time. Okay? Be patient. Okay? Like, yeah. But see, love is patient because we must not forget ever that the only, only reason we are what we are, it is by the grace of God. Yeah, so Jesus want to know, do you love him? And do you love others? He said this about love. He said love does not envy. See, love is not envious of other people's blessings. Yes. See, when you get envious of other people's blessings, don't you know what happens? That's when you try to start keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. The neighbor them got them a new car. You know, I've been looking at a new one all summer self. And then next thing you know, you go buy a new car, and now you in debt, living from check to check, and you and your spouse is clashing back and forth with the financial problem. Why? Because you were envious of somebody else's blessings. And you operated outside in the flesh instead of operating according to the will and timing of God. But love is not envious. Instead of you being envious of somebody else's blessing, encourage them for their blessings. What happened in the book of Genesis 26, when you remember when the Philistines, they uh, uh, envied Isaac, they start stopping up his well See, When you get envious, it causes you to throw dirt on people. Start speaking all the negative things about them. I don't know why they got that. Yeah. They barely is paying for this, you know? That's what envy does, and love does not envy. Love rejoices. We'll get to that later. Another thing about love, love is happy for people and the blessing they receive because we need to learn, like Philippians 4, 11, to say it to be content in whatever circumstance we're in. But when you love someone, you're not selfish. See, we got to get away from this earthly trinity, this me, myself, and I. This I, my way, how I feel, what I think, what I believe, what I know, I, 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 I. Do you know who character that is? Lucifer. When you read the book of Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, he said, I will ascend up on high. I will be like the most high God. I will establish my throne. Oh, he kept saying, well, I, 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 five times. Pointing to self, because that's what selfishness does. It always points to you, points to you, shines a light on you. Yeah. But love, love does not consider itself. Philippians 2 and 4 says It said, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Husbands, do you even know your wives' desires and dreams and goals? Wives, do you even know your husbands' the dreams, his goals, or his desires? Have you considered to sit down and come to know the dreams and desire of the one that you're saying you're gonna live the rest of your life with? Or has it just been your way or the highway in the household? God didn't put you together just for you to be the only one to have thoughts and, and, and ideas about certain decisions that need to be made. He put that help made in there together because I thank you, God, for my wife. Because huh? <laughs> she delivers me out of a bunch of messes. Thank you, Jesus. But we, we got to get out of that me, myself, and I, my way. That's pride. That is how pride set in with Satan. And remember, God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Jesus Christ, he told John, in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17, he asked John this. He asked him three times. I'm not going to read it all, but he asked John. He said, hey, do you love me? And John said, yeah. He we well, feed my lambs. He asked him again, do you love me? Do you love me? He said, yeah. He said, well, feed my sheep. He asked me the third time if you love me. He said, yes. He said, you know I love you. Kind of upset old John. But he was trying to get him to see that loving me is also when you love others. Because see, something we need to understand that our vertical relationship with people, it can also hinder your horizontal fellowship with God. You get that? My vertical relationship with people. It can hinder my horizontal, what do what, what I mean by that, right? See, I can't say I love God and hate my brother, yeah. right? God already told me that. So therefore, if I have an offense between me and you, and there's no peace between me and you. It's a reason why God tells me, which we'll get to that too, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But he put the whole, I got to go by what the Holy Spirit is <laughs> telling me right now. If God told me for a reason, he said, hey, I want you to leave your gift at the altar and go make reconciliation with your brother. Why? Because God said, I want your praise. I'm happy to praise my people. But you got all that bitterness and that resentment in your heart. And that unforgiveness that I want you to deal with. Because you cannot come to me lifting up holy hands when you got all that wrath in you. So I need you to deal with that situation. Leave your tithe in there. Leave your song in there. Go and make reconciliation with that person you've been backbiting about all week because you are still offended. So that's why God wants us to make sure that our relationships with one another, we, we got to care about one another. Yeah. We're commanded that. When we get on, we'll get on to that. Verse 5, if you love me. He said, love does not behave rudely. Let me stop right there real quick. Because some people think that that little negative demeanor you have, you think that little stern little attitude you have, that little prideful, you, you, you think that's all, <laughs> that's just who I am. No, it's not. See, you, 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 you develop that through disappointments, through heartaches. You have developed that through offenses. And now it has molded a certain character that is opposite of God. And I, 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 I'll never forget this. i shared this one time. I'll never forget this. It was this lady. I was at Walmart. And this lady was in line. I was behind her. And I mean, every word that come out of her mouth, it was not pleasant. And I said, ma'am, can I pray for me? She said, huh? I said, woo. <laughs> Hold on, say. She said, what? why are you going to pray for me? I said, ma'am, I just got to put in my heart. Can I pray with you? you? know? She said, God made me this way, so I'm, off, I'm okay. I said, no, nah, no, nah, can I share something with you? She said, what? I said, well, well, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. When I go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and Colossians chapter 1, the image of God is, the, is Jesus Christ. When I look at Jesus Christ's character, uh, character in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22, it's love and joy and peace and patience and meekness and gentleness and self control. Yeah. See, God meant for you to have self control, but see, disappointments and hurts that brought you to where you are today. And she broke down crying. Wow. And she put her hands out like this, and I prayed for her. And see, a lot of people brag about, oh, you just like your daddy, and you just like his granddaddy. Yeah, I am. But no, if you want to be like granddaddy and, grand, and, and, and grandmama's old attitude, then let them be your Lord. Because Jesus said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Grandmama and granddaddy is not your Lord, so you don't want to carry on grandmama and granddaddy's character or daddy's character. You want to carry on the character of Jesus Christ. We should want to respond the way he, he, he responds. We should want our children to see face. Uh, your facial expressions means a lot. Your tone means a lot. All of that is communication. Yeah. So love is not, it, it's not, it's not rude. It does not seek its own. And it's not provoked. The reason so many people are easily provoked and blow up is because over time you never addressed issues. You never saw, you never saw a mom and daddy sit down and communicate and talk and talk things out and communicate between one another. You just saw them blow up, you saw pots fly, things break, somebody punch the wall and somebody go out the door. You didn't ever see two people come together with one heart and sit down and communicate and agree to disagree. Yeah. So all y'all, so every time the offense come, you just sweep it on the rug, you sweep it on the rug, and then as soon as somebody says something, you blow up because all this, all this envy and bitterness and unforgiveness is built up in you. And Jesus taught us that. He told us clearly, Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 5, how to go and address conflicts. And we are, because God said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We are supposed to go and address conflicts. You and your in-laws, you and family members, you, your brothers, your sister, your mom and dad have no reason if you say you'll follow Jesus Christ right now to not be speaking to one another. If you are someone who loves Jesus, you say, I love you, God. He said, oh, Really? He said, because you love me, you keep my commandments. And I told you to leave your gift at the altar and go make reconciliation. If you love me, I told you in the book of Matthew 18, 15, I told you if your brother fin you, go to him one-on-one. I didn't tell you to go to Facebook. I didn't tell you to go gospel about him. I didn't tell you to go talk about him behind the back. I said, go to him one-on-one. Yeah. Do you love him? Or is it just lip service? Man, I'm going to have to get that one right there, all right? That's what we need to. We need to examine and see if we really love the God that we come and sing to, the God that we profess that we love. Our actions show because love is an action word. Yeah. He said love thinks no evil. Man, that's why it's one thing you don't do is go to bed on your anger. God teaches us that. Matthew chapter 4. I mean, Ephesians chapter 4, 25, 26, okay? You don't go to bed at night angry husband and wife because when you do you're gonna lay down in that bed and Satan is gonna tell you everything negative about your wife he's gonna point out every flaw why you didn't you shouldn't have married her this is what you should have done everything she don't do everything he don't do how he don't look this way how he don't look that way but that' because when you lay down at night and you don't reconcile like God commanded you because then you're walking in disobedience and when you're walking in disobedience then you are over here on Satan playground so you're giving him free range to work in your mind to tell you what he think and how he feel. Oh, but when I walk over here in obedience to living God and I go to my spouse and I humble myself that he give more grace, remember that? And I go and, and then we make reconciliation because he told me to in, the, in Matthew 5, 21. I'm applying the word of God and the reason I'm applying the word of God because I love him and I love you. And I want you to see I love you and he loves you through me. Because love thinks no evil. If you, start sitting, if you sit around and let yourself go to bed thinking evil, you're going to start acting evil. Because Proverbs 23 and 7 says, so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Maybe that's the reason that you're really stern and negative towards your spouse. Because you've been sitting there letting Satan be your counselor. Instead of the Holy Spirit. He's been sitting there bringing up everything that she's done in the past. When God tell you, we forget those things behind us. We press forward to what is before us in the name of Jesus. He told you in Isaiah 4 3, 18 19, remember not the former thing, neither consider things old. Why do you keep bringing up the past? God told you not to. But every time your spouse upsets you, you bring up what they didn't do. You always, you never do. You're bringing up the past when you do that. And when you do so, then you're not walking in love. You're walking in disobedience. He said, Love, verse 6 said, Love does not rejoice in iniquity, which means you're not happy when you see me fall. You know, I have not people, I mean, just get excited when they look on Facebook and they see where their ex has stumbled and failed and maybe going back to prison or now on drugs and now broke up with his relationship or lost his home. They're like, oh, look, 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 I told you that's who he was. You you happy somebody failed? You happy that somebody just because your heart got broken by the individual, you happy and you say you love God and you will follow Jesus, but you happy somebody fell into iniquity? that they did something that hurt the heart of the living God, that placed my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, you happy? Yeah. And you say you love God? Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Instead, he said love, love, he said, it, it, it rejoices in the truth. You should be happy now if you see somebody following the living God, especially if that's somebody who was bound in and sin on methamphetamines and, and alcohol, and now that person is living on fire for God? You see the truth of God, this new creature in Christ, Jesus, now being presented before you, then you should be rejoicing. Because you know the same God that delivered that person can do the same to you. Because Romans 2.11 said he is no respecter of person. Love don't rejoice in iniquity. It rejoices in the truth. And verse 7, he said, love bears all things. Believe all things hope all things and endures all things. Meaning that just because our marriage is on the rocks we're not going to throw in the towel. No, no, no. no that, that, that D word don't have no, no way, no place in this marriage. We don't even speak when not let the word divorce even come near us. Because we made a vow. And Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 5 said better not to vow than to vow and pay not. We vow together through thickness, through thin. Richer or poorer good or bad, sickness and health till death do us part. Right now, we're just going through the bad. Right now, it's just the thickness. Right now, it's just the difficult for us, it's sickness, but we're still going to stay there for each other. Yeah. I-, I know we're not on the same page right now, but we made a vow, and you and I love the living God, and we're going to love him by obeying him. Yeah. I'm not encouraging anybody to stay in any kind of physical abuse relationship. I'm not encouraging that whatsoever. But this miscommunication because of finances, because of children, because of certain, hey, hey, come together. Great is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. And a husband is to love his wife. Christ of the church. You are a portrait, marriages, to the world and to your children the way Jesus Christ of the church. And Satan do not want the world and your children to know that Jesus Christ is alive. They don't want, he don't want people to see the character of Christ. That's why he's so strong. He strongly attacks marriages. One thing I love about this love, this love is not based on feelings is what it shows me. See, it's just because you feel, you don't love your spouse, you feel hurt, you feel that this person. Feelings has nothing to do with the love that God is speaking about here. Because Jesus Christ didn't feel like going to the cross for you and I. Because Mark 14 and verse 34, he said this. He said that his soul was sorrowful even unto death. See, his, his feelings didn't feel like dying and stretching out his hands and getting nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a sword in his side and a crown on his head. Didn't, he didn't feel like it. Yeah. But he loved you so much. He loved me so much. He loved all of us so much. He did it anyway. Yeah. In spite of how he felt. Yeah. And that's what God is calling us to do in relationships, in our marriages. In spite of how you feel, you might not feel like going to make reconciliation. You might not feel like going and apologizing. But you love the one who first loved you, so I'm going to go do it anyway. In spite of how I feel. Jesus commanded us in John 13, 34. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You also love one another. Well, he just broke it down and told you how to love one another. It's time for us to go and do it. Now, we can do two things. We can be like the one that Jesus Christ talked about in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. He said, I'm going to show you what a wise person is and a foolish person is. He said, a wise one, they hear my word and they will do it. And there are those who build their house upon the rock. He said that when the wind blew and the rain descended and the flood came, it did not fall for it was found up on the rock. Those are those that heard what they're supposed to do, and they applied it to their life. See, when you apply God's word to your marriage, then when the trouble come, financial troubles come, disagreements come, it's gonna stand. But he said, I'm gonna show you what a foolish person is like. You pick which one you are. He said that the foolish person, they come, they hear my word, and they don't do it. He said, that one right there is like one who built his house up on a sand. When the flood came, financial problems. When the wind blew, Gossip. When the rain descended, hard time. Heaviness. It fell because all they did was just come and hear it instead of applying it to their lives. God has commanded us to walk in love, but he tells he said, love never fails in verse 8. Love is the strongest force on this earth, and that's why Satan tries so hard to keep us in anger, uh, anger toward, angry towards one another. Jesus Christ, He didn't fail us, so we shouldn't fail Him. That's why He tells us to walk in love. That means your everyday. Ephesians 5 and 2, let us walk in love. In Ephesians 5 and 2, that means my everyday lifestyle. When I'm walking, man, I'm not going to be envious of you. I'm going to love you. I, I'm, we're not going to do no tit for tat. We're going to do no evil for evil. I'm going to show the love of God to you so that you can love Him through me and we both can start loving Him. And when we both love Him, that means we both obey Him and we won't get into situations like this anymore. Because love is an action word. How do I know that? Because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave. He gave His only begotten Son and will believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave. So tomorrow, don't just let your card be the way you show love. Don't let your chocolates, even though I like chocolate, baby, <laughs> you know. <laughs> don't let the balloons, don't let the card be the only way that you express love. If you want to know how to express love, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and do the love check. And you don't, ask, you don't be the one to judge it. Ask your spouse. Ask your spouse, you know what I mean, baby. Did I, was I patient? Was, was I kind? Was I self-seeking? Was I just talking about me? Right? I, I ain't keeping records and wrong and holding no grudges, Emma. If I am, I mean, if, you, if, if, that, if you can't see yourself, if you don't see your, that life being displayed in you, hey, confess it. Don't, don't be ashamed. Right? We're a work in progress, but what is a progress? A progress is a series of actions towards one end. What series of steps are you taking to get to the end to be one who exple- experiences and displays the glory of Jesus Christ? Amen. And those steps could be circle groups. Those steps can be studying to show yourself approved, coming together with your spouse, and you praying and you applying what you learned to your life. So, tomorrow, don't let it just be a normal Valentine's Day. And don't let tomorrow be the only day that everybody get to hear you love. Yep. Let them see it every day, amen? amen? Let us pray. Living God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your loving kindness, your grace, your mercy, God. There is no God like you. Thank you for forgiveness, and thank you for your love that you displayed. God, forgive us for our sins. Lord, you see where there's chaos in marriages, but you are God of peace, and I ask you to show them that you're Jehovah Shalom and send forth peace. <laughs> I ask you, Father in to let each, each one humble themselves and come together, apologizing, great king, encouraging each other, building each other up, and leaving the past in the past and going forward in the name of Jesus. But I pray that your love, Lord, that is shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit will be manifested, and displayed throughout our life. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.